So I went to the library just a few days ago for the first time in a little over a year because of the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, things being shut down. Um, The library, which kind of has been existing online and with people doing like drop-offs and kind of special situations to kind of keep things going. But for the most part, it's been shut down and very, very limited. But now things have opened up and I made my way over to the library to see if I could get some work done and concentrate. And I was really overwhelmed by just the energy. You know, I've talked about this before. As a kid, my father would take my sister and I to the library every weekend. And it was like, the highlight of the weekend to go in there and be surrounded by books and videos and kind of get to take our pick. Um, It was just a really great time. And to be back at the library and see other kids and their families and see students and just see people in general who are there for wisdom and knowledge through books Or maybe they're just there for some peace and quiet so they can do whatever they're doing and be productive. Some people are just using those rooms to record content, which is kind of cool now that social media is growing and growing as a thing. Some people are using those spaces uh, to record their content, which is awesome. I actually think I'm going to take a page out of that book and do that once I finally get my YouTube channel going. But It was awesome to be back in the library. So many of our guests have mentioned the library and all that they have gained um, from that environment. So it's only right that this next episode I share with you guys is about Christopher Alford and what he is doing in South Carolina with his own independent library. And I'm going to go ahead and let him tell it. But I just want you to listen and be inspired What he has done and what he's continuing to do is truly amazing. And I'm totally with him when he says that he would like an establishment such as what he has in South Carolina in every single state. I think it would be amazing for our youth and just great for our community in general. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of W-I-N-I-F-R-E-G, the podcast. I hope wherever you are, you're doing well, having a great day. Um, And right now, as I'm recording, we are just a couple weeks away from summer, uh, which is my favorite time of year. But anyway, I have an amazing guest today, another amazing guest. His name is Chris Alford. Um, How are you doing today? I am doing good. Thank you for asking. How about you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you uh, for coming on to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you. And if I remember this correctly, uh, feel free to correct me. Did I, did we connect on Facebook? Yes, we did. We connected on Facebook. I actually made a post inside of the Black Authors group on Facebook about some books that I wanted to add to my bookstore. And um, that's how we connected. You reached out to me because you saw that I had a library. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And shout out to the Facebook groups of the world. Um, Cause yeah, that's definitely a great place to connect with other writers or 
literacy advocates and business people. Um, so yeah, I'm so happy you put that post out because I've been wanting to talk to somebody um, who has a bookstore or somebody that, that's a librarian, you know, just to kind of switch it up a little bit. Um, I've had a lot of authors, which is great, um, but I do like to kind of touch on different areas uh, when it comes to books. So we're gonna get into everything that you have going on. Um, but first, I would like to just get to know you as a person. So I'm just gonna ask you a couple questions. Okay. And you know, you can just answer them however you see fit. So I would like to start out by asking you um, about your hometown and your upbringing. Okay. Uh, my hometown is Columbia, South Carolina. And my upbringing, I was raised in a two-parent household. Uh, my dad, he was a cab driver. And my mom, she was a secretary at the hospital. And uh, they did everything they could do. You know, they did their best. And uh, we, we lived in a, in a nice community, pretty good community. It was, it's a low-income community, but my uh, parents provided and they made sure that I got a good education. I went to private school um, in elementary and ended up going to public school after that, but that kind of laid the foundation for who I am today. Interesting. Can you tell me, I'm always curious when I hear people say that they went to private school. Um, yeah, I went to public school straight through. Um, how was the private school experience compared to public school for you personally? Well, the private school experience in elementary, uh, it was it was a good experience. Um, we really were like tightening it like a family because it was a small school. Uh, all of the parents basically knew each other because this private school was started, started by a church, which was right next door. So the pastor was the principal. And um, they basically just raised us because they started with a nursery. Then we went on to pre-K, then the kindergarten, and everybody went on to fifth grade. But the private school thing, it, it really helped us to, you know, build good friends because we, we have some friends that we've had since elementary. We still talk, talk to this day. And um, we feel like we're family and we still do things. I love that. I love that. Uh, we call that the the sandbox crew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, the sandbox crew. <laughs> day ones, you know. So yeah. that's always a beautiful thing. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your favorite subject um, as a child in school, and what did you want to be when you grew up originally? Uh, my favorite subject in school uh, was was math. I, I like to count. Um, and originally what I wanted to do was start a recording company, uh, go into business as a record label. Mm. That was one of my dreams as a child. I love that. So is that something that you ended up doing or still have interest in or has your interest totally changed? Well, I, I uh, ended up doing it for a little while. Well, I started the basis of it, which was managing some entertainers and, uh, and I did that for about uh, a year and a half. I was taking them on the road, taking them to different venues and marketing them. 
and stuff like that. But uh, I wasn't as passionate about it as I was when I got involved with working with youth. And I started working with the youth um, about 2013. I just went on a mission to do uh, anti-gang stuff and, and mentoring teenagers because it's a lot of unemployed you know, youth in my city and all they do when they're unemployed is get into trouble. So I've been trying to do a lot of stuff to, to steer them away from that. And I've been doing that since 2013, but you know, the music thing was just something that was a dream of mine. So I just tried it because you know, you wanna, you wanna go for your dream. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow, that's, that's interesting. So just because I know sometimes my listeners uh, ask questions after the episode, so, Let's just say if anybody wanted to slide you a mixtape, <laughs> are you accepting or are you no longer interested? Oh yeah, I still uh I still am searching for some people to work with and invest into and and stuff like that. So if they want to reach out to me, they can actually email me some music um to big bank records CEO at gmail.com. Ooh, I love it. Okay, we're going to have to talk offline because I actually know somebody um, in South Carolina that does music. But but yeah, I knew someone in my listenership would probably ask me about it. So that's good to know. And thank you for sharing the information. Um, so let's talk about books. Now, did you have a favorite book um, growing up? I guess, how did we get from music to books in the library okay well well I did do a lot of reading when I was young um I was always interested in Lord of the Rings and Hogwarts and and, uh, Harry Potter and all that stuff Mm -hmm. I used to be very interested in that because I I had a very big hold on hold on Yeah, those were the type of books that I would were enjoying back then. Really, fantasy type books or books with mythological creatures in them. Um, but other than what led for me going from music to books was I always liked to read too. So, I mean, music involves you reading notes and writing notes. So, reading and writing is just something that I've always been skilled at. Mm-hmm. Was there anyone in your family um, or maybe, well, yeah, definitely at school, but was there anyone in your family that encouraged you um, to read or was it more so being at school and loving books there? Uh, well, really, my my dad encouraged me to read because he was a reader. Um, every day I wake up early in the morning, I see him reading the newspaper. He'll get me to read the newspaper, show me how to fold it the correct way and stuff like that. And um, he also had an encyclopedia um, catalog for me when I was a, a kid. So I was reading the whole A through Z encyclopedias as a kid. Like that was something that he would have me do in my free time instead of just running outside playing and riding my bike. I love that. I love that. Um, in, in my own experience, my dad actually 
would get these random books uh, from garage sales and he would bring them home and he'd be like, here you go, read this. But the crazy thing about it is he would not like pre-screen these books and he wouldn't necessarily find out what the books were about. He would just find a book, buy it for like, I don't know, a dollar, probably less from the garage sale, bring it home. And I was reading romance at like, <laughs> I don't know how many years old, definitely not romance uh, age appropriate, but <laughs> I was reading these these books and I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, but he was always definitely encouraging us to read. He would take me and my sister to the library every single weekend. Um, faithfully to get books and, and videos. So I love that. I love uh, when it's encouraged in the home. All right. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about your background. So I do want to get to the topic at hand and talk about this amazing, amazing stuff that you're doing um, so that the people can learn a little bit more. So Tell me about the day you woke up and said, I want to have a library. How did you feel that day? You know, what, what was the final, I guess, decision maker for you that made you say, I'm doing this? Well, what made me make the final decision was, was when I, uh, I was working at a high school as a tutor and um, I was tutoring special needs kids and these are kids who really have to get caught up on their reading and their math, like they're way behind. So um, I saw, I just saw the demand in that, and I always wanted to have a space for these kids to come. And uh, at first I was partnering with the church to have the kids come there. Mm -hmm. And um, it just ended up being a conflict because it's other things going on at the church. So, and they didn't have enough space to have kids. So I ended up just finding a location in the mall in my hometown. And I, I chose that spot because everyone goes to the mall where I'm from. And it's not really any excuse to say that you don't know where this library is. And our public library, which is um, sponsored through the county, uh, it, it doesn't have a lot of services that are available when, when it's needed. Like they're closed on the weekends, and I wanted somewhere for kids to come on Saturday and Sunday, and still be connected to a classroom environment or a learning environment. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. Like I could see parents uh, going to the mall, or even you know siblings. You know, you have that younger sibling or something, and you're going shopping or what have you, and you drop your uh, child or brother, sister off at the library. I mean, that's actually really genius. Cause like you said, there's no excuse, you know, everybody's going to the mall, everybody knows where it is. Um, so, wow, that's really amazing. So I know that, you know, I'm pretty sure it took, took some work <laughs> to do this. You yeah. have an independently owned and operated library. And I know that there are going to be listeners who say, you know, what were the steps? Like you found the spot, you got the spot, you made it happen. But what were the little steps in between that people need to know about? Because I'm sure it, it took a lot to do. Okay. Well, well, the first step I had to do was get the experience and working with the youth as far as 
how they do it in a school system because I went to college for business management. I, I didn't go for education. Mm. So I had to get the hands-on experience. So I ended up volunteering at this, at this elementary school, which is a charter school uh, that's close to my, uh, to my stuffing grounds where, where I grew up at. And while I was volunteering there, uh, I was explaining to one of the teachers that I wanted to go into business and I still wanted to give back to the community. So she encouraged me to start tutoring students after school at their homes. And um, when I started doing that, that's when I started building a relationship with a lot of parents who were happy that it was a male, a male being an educator because there's a lack of male educators all across America mm. and uh, African-American ones at that who can relate to the students that needed help in my community. Wow. I filled that void and I did that for about six months. And uh, I'm a good friend with a councilman that's in my city. And I told him what I was trying to do. And he, he got behind me full-fledged and he, uh, he, he basically gave me a concept of the library because originally I wanted it to be just a place for tutoring but he said you need to make it a library because it, it would offer more things for more people so I do I do not just only for the youth I help adults too who are trying to get their GED if they dropped out or if they're trying to go into the military I help them pass the ASVAB test mm. and we also do uh, community service and charity. Um, we go to different schools and we find kids that, that that are lacking certain things, if they're lacking clothes or if they're having issues at home, we donate food. So we, we do more than that. And then, but the little steps were basically uh, getting involved with the community, letting them know who I am and, get, and, and getting their trust from them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You just dropped so many jewels. Okay. So earlier you were talking about going for your dreams. That's a big one. Education. You said you went to school for business management, volunteering, which is big to kind of get experience and then networking, um, you know, and being in the community. So those are definitely some big some big gems um, that people can can really take um, and, and learn from because that's yes. definitely very important. So yeah. I love it. So tell me about, because I went on your website um, and and I'll link it at on the uh, on the page so people can get to it. So tell me about, and it's an acronym. I don't know when you say it all together, if you say K-A-R-Y-P or is it Carrie P? Can you tell me a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, Carrie P is uh, Keeping At-Risk Youth Productive. Basically, that is the tutoring program that I started when I started working um, as a volunteer for the, for the charter school. I named the program Keeping At-Risk Youth Productive because uh, a lot of those students were, were at risk of uh, failing their classes. So I came in and I worked with them one-on-one -on -one, and that's basically the concept of keeping at-risk youth productive. Uh, basically, we, we work one-on-one -on -one with these students and partner with them, with the local HBCU that's uh, in, in South Carolina called Benedict College and another one called Allen University. So their students, they volunteer with me to work one-on-one -on -one with 
the students in the program. And, uh, and, and, and the main thing is to keep them productive and give them role model so that they can have someone to open up to or express how they feel and build a relationship with. And hopefully this, this role model will be in their life you know, when they graduate high school and go on to college, because mm -hmm. we still follow them all the way through every grade level. Basically, once they join this program, they're in it until they graduate high school. And we, and we also give them a stipend to go to college. Wow. Wow. That is fantastic. You guys are doing some incredible, incredible work. Uh, can you tell me about any maybe challenges that you have had along the way or roadblocks um, just to kind of give everyone a, an overall view of, you know, what it takes to do something like this. Well, the biggest challenge is uh, you have to be persistent. Um, and that's what made me decide to find a, a stable location where I wouldn't have to go to different churches or different other community organizations and get their assistance. It has to be something persistent where your consumers can always find you. So that, that was the main obstacle for me was finding the location, but I ended up finding it at the mall. And I feel like if anybody who is a small business owner or starting up a business, the best place to start would be in your mall in your city because it's always people coming there. You're basically a, a, a stable advertiser because when they walk by, they're gonna see what you're doing and they're gonna be interested. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Isn't that expensive to be in the mall or can you talk a little bit about, I guess the funding of it all? How does that well, work? Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I started the library during the pandemic, so when, it's, when the pandemic started, you know, mostly a lot of places in the mall that were there were shut down, like the major stores. So they lowered the rent a little bit for people to uh, rent out of space. But the funding, I basically fund my own organization. I don't get any grants at the moment or any business loans. I've been funding it from either doing fundraisers or just earning money from working a part-time job and investing it like that. And um, I've been trying to, uh, you know, get some people to invest or get organizations to partner with me as, and with funding, but I'm more passionate about helping these youth. I, I just invest my own finances and, you know, and, and for the best outcome for the, for the youth. Mm -hmm. Wow. But yes, wow. It, it is it is expensive to uh to rent out a to rent out a, a location, but you you could find a good location for a reasonable reasonable rate. You just have to look for it and it takes some time. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to address, you said you started during the pandemic, which I just think is incredibly amazing. You know, it's been rough for a lot of people just in general, um, just getting by day to day the fact that you were able to start something like this, something so powerful um, that benefits so many different people during a hard time like a pandemic. Like I just, you know, take my hat off to you for that. That's outstanding. And then you also mentioned that you took advantage of, you know, the fact that 
some of the the price cuts and different things that that had changed. So definitely being aware um, of different opportunities and things you can take advantage of um, is a big thing because there are certain people that just kind of gave up on a lot of things um, during the pandemic and weren't necessarily looking. You know, like you said, if you're looking you're bound to find something. So I think that's that's very powerful. And I'm glad that we were talking about, you know, investors and funding because I mean, listening to you talk, I'm just kind of blown away um, at all that you're doing. And, you know, if there's anybody out there listening who, you know, shares in that same passion or maybe knows somebody that knows somebody, um, and if you're open to it to, to gain investors, because you know, you're doing this yourself or, you know, raising money through um, charities or, or volunteering and stuff like that, or pledging. I think that's great, but I know there's got to be, you know, some money available for exactly what you're doing. Um, so I'm glad that we got to touch on that in this podcast episode. Um, so I noticed that you have some job vacancies on your website and um, I saw there was like a counselor, a tutor, a coach, but one that stood out to me um, was the mentor position. So what type of mentor, like your ideal mentor would be somebody that has what kind of experience and what kind of uh, information to offer? Well, mostly the mentors are gonna be available for people who have a troubled past or, or, they're, or they're delinquent or they have some type of behavior issue. And the mentor is there to basically relate to them and let them uh, learn how to grow out of their situation. The mentor has to be someone who has already been in a situation and can help another person get out of it in a positive way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. So crazy because I feel like I know somebody, but we're going to talk offline. Um, but I think that's great. Mentors are always um, are always wonderful and they do so much. And I kind of feel like they're the unsung heroes sometimes. I feel like in more recent times, I'm starting to hear more about people thinking, you know, their mentors and stuff like that. But, you know, mentors really do a lot, <laughs> a lot, really a do. lot. They really show people the ropes and give them, you know, the gems and things that they may have not re- received from the school system or they may not have received from their family. So um, shout out to the mentors of the world. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, my mentor is, is one of the reasons why I'm so dedicated to the to the kids because my mentor he was a teacher and he was actually uh one of the deacons when I got baptized and he has been in my life since I've been 17 until now and he always supports what I do he always encourages me to do better um yeah mentors that they're, they're, they're beautiful people like and I, and that's that's why I'm recruiting some for my business because we, we need more mentors and I don't mind paying them. Cause some mentors do things for free. Mm. Most mentors really do it for free. Yeah. But I, I feel like they deserve to be paid. Mm. I hear you, I hear you. Cause yeah, they definitely give so much of themselves. And you know, most of them just do it for the love, the love of it. Cause they know the benefits of it. Um, yes. 
but yeah, I think that's great that, you know, you're open to, to paying and whew, I'm blown away. This has been such a great, uh, great interview so far. So I do have another question for you um, because I see that you have books, some books that were uh, listed on your website that I was looking at for sale um, and that soon you'll be having like books that people can rent and things of that nature. So how do you go about selecting these books? Are you open to self-published authors submitting their books to you? How does it work? How would somebody get their book into your bookstore? Yes, I, um, I, I'm actually interested in self-published art um, writers and authors and, and those that are independent. Uh, but they, they can actually reach out to me to get their book in the bookstore by sending me an email to a real chant at gmx.com and um any any type of book is 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 acceptable as long as it doesn't have too much vulgar material in it um but we do accept children's books too so that's not just the main thing that we're looking for is children's books because we we're dedicated to the youth but anything that can get a person to you know explore their creative their creative creativity in their mind hmm. that's beautiful i feel like we should have something like this in every state <laughs> in every country like that, that's, that's my actual goal i want to expand and put one in every mall in america i love that because we need that like hearing you talk about this makes me want to come down to south carolina <laughs> like, like it just sounds amazing so I love that that that's your goal. And um, I know that it would just bless so many people. So ah, I'm really loving your vision and the work that you're dedicated to doing and those who are serving along with you. Um, it's just it's just really beautiful. Wow. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna get into a little game. Um, my games are totally random and don't really have anything to do with anything we talked about. It's just something kind of fun to kind of switch uh, switch the vibe a little bit, even though the vibe has been great. So you have your uh, library and resource center. So I decided to have a game that's dedicated to centers. Of can, can, you pause it? can you pause it for a second? Oh, oh yeah, sure, no problem. Okay, so in honor of your resource center, um, the game is dedicated to centers of candy. So we're gonna test your candy knowledge <laughs> by talking about their centers and we'll see if you can guess what candy I'm talking about. Are you ready? Okay. And I kind of did it in a riddle format. I mean, you know, I'm a writer, so I, you know, I was playing around a little bit. Okay, so number one, brown tough center held by a stick. Famous commercial asks, how many licks? What candy is this? That's a um, Tootsie Roll, isn't it? Hey, look at you. <laughs> yes, excellent. All right, next. Wafer in the middle, wafer in the middle, wafer in the middle, wafer in the middle. Four times the delight, get the riddle, Chocolate all over. What candy is this? That's a Kit Kat bar. 
You too good at this. Are you cheating? Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I know. I'm actually. I'm actually. I used to eat candy a lot. I don't eat it no more, but I really used to be into candy for real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dope. All right, next one. Caramel on a shortbread biscuit. Ooh, cloaked in chocolate. There is a second one. If you miss it, what candy is it? <laughs> That's the uh, zebra cake. And <laughs> try again. <laughs> That's a good guess, though. <laughs> oh man! Well, oh, you talking about a Reese's? And all right, I'm gonna give you this one. So the caramel on a shortbread biscuit, cloaked in chocolate. There's the second one. If you miss it, that's a Twix. Left Twix. Oh, Twix. <laughs> yeah, that is a Twix. Good guess. Oh well. man, I haven't thought about this in a <laughs> Next one. Ooh, bringing joy to girls and to boys. Hint of the island. Coconut will drive you nutty. But don't be fooled. There is an almond in the center. What candy is this? Mm -hmm. The only candy I can think of with like coconut in it is an almond joy. Hey, good job. <laughs> All right, so there's <laughs> two more. So this one um, is a little different. So not a candy, but a treat. Exposed if you squeeze. Most prefer me over peanut butter, but I rest well-rounded in this baked good. What treat am I? Get those subscriptions again. Not a candy, but a treat. Exposed okay. if you squeeze. Most prefer me over peanut butter, but I rest well-rounded in this baked good. What treat am I? Squeeze it. Uh, what is something that you squeeze that's like candy? Well, it's not a candy, but a treat. So yeah, it's, it's a treat. the baked good and most prefer what is inside over peanut butter. Now that, that's a hard one right there. <laughs> you know, I had to make them a little difficult. Um, yeah, that, that was too difficult. So the answer is a jelly donut. <laughs> wow. All right, this is the last one here. I'm not green, but I'm connected to the Celtics. Bottom is plain, top is chocolate. I'm dreamy, creamy, and similar to the last riddle's treat. What am I? And it's a uh, And it's it's not candy. Not candy. It's a it's a baked good similar to the last uh the last I, answer. I wanna say I wanna say Boston baked beans, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that answer so much because you're actually close with the word Boston, but it's definitely not no big beans. <laughs> That's the only thing I know with Boston in it, Boston baked beans. I love that. Well, the answer is Boston cream pie, which is the donut with the pudding in the middle. It has the chocolate frosting on the top. Um, if you don't eat those, you probably wouldn't know. So <laughs> I won't say that you're wrong, but 
that was the game portion. You did a pretty good job. So you know your, your sweet treats. All right. So <laughs> the remainder of this podcast episode, this is the part where I give my guests the floor, where you can go ahead and plug yourself, let us know your social media, your website. And I'm going to have links to all these things, but just in case somebody is listening to this driving or working out and they can't look, you can go ahead and let us know verbally how we can find you and support you um, because you are phenomenal. So you have the floor. Uh, my name is Christopher Alford. My website is www.alfordresourcecenter.com. Alford is spelled A-L-F-O-R-D. Uh, my Instagram is at Chris the Sponsor. My business Instagram is at a real chant. Uh, our Twitter is at a real chance 2K. And um, if you would like to contact me by email, it will be a real chance at gmx.com. And if anyone's been listening that's into music, you could send me some music at Big Bank Records, CEO at gmail.com. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for appearing on the podcast. And, you know, I know a big, huge chunk of the people who listen our writers themselves um, or literacy advocates. So all of you listening, you got books, you trying to send, you know, as long as you follow the guidelines, you know, this is the guy. If you're into music, if you want to, you know, volunteer, or maybe there's a job vacancy that you feel you qualify for, definitely, definitely check out the website, fill out the forms, uh, send him a DM, connect with him because this is great. And I like, like we were saying earlier, having this all over the country and even the world would do so much good for our youth um, and for everybody involved. So definitely support, support, support. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and I look forward to seeing what your future holds. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> all right, take care. Thank you. <laughs> that was so much fun. I had such a great time recording that episode. Um, you know, he was actually driving while we were recording. So, you know, at a, at a point I did have to pause it. But overall, everything was great. I actually found uh, Christopher Alfred on Facebook. So it's really great that we went from being in the same Facebook group that talked about books and publishing to us actually communicating outside of the group and bringing it onto the podcast. So again, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast and everybody listening. If you're interested in what he has going on, I will have the website linked as well as his social media handles. If you ever have any questions, uh, feel free to send him an email or a DM. And if he doesn't reply right away, just know that he'll get back to you as soon as possible. So there you have it. Another one in the books. Thank you so much for listening. As I am recording this right now, I'm looking at the analytics and we are so close to 700. Like we flashed right over 650 so quickly that I didn't even talk about it on Instagram. Um, I'm just going to wait for the big 700. But thank you so much for those who are listening and sharing 
feel free to engage with me on the Instagram page if you want to talk about an episode and how it impacted you. Sometimes people DM me directly telling me what they gained from an episode or what they liked or even if you didn't like something, you know, feel free to share. I'm very DM friendly, uh, but I would love to hear some feedback. So whatever you have, whether I say, um, <laughs> I say, um, too much, which I'm very aware of. And sometimes when I stumble, I use <laughs> the same words over and over again. I'm, I'm still growing, y'all. I listen to the playback sometimes and I get kind of cringy. But overall, I'm really happy with these guests and I'm really happy with the direction of the podcast. So you've been listening long enough. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you're having a great summer and I can't wait to drop the next interview on you guys. I have some amazing authors coming up and I cannot wait to share with you what they are doing because it's more than just writing a book like I got some extraordinary authors coming up all right take care guys hey y'all one more thing so I actually went to try to click on the website um, for the library and the link was not working. So I'm not sure if there may be some changes that are going on to the website or some kind of maintenance. Uh, same thing with the Instagram page. Um, it's still there, but I don't know if the posts have been archived um, because it currently doesn't show all the posts that were previously there, but the page still exists. If you want to follow or DM and contact Christopher Alfred, if you're interested or if you just want to lend some support. Um, as of right now, I am kind of waiting to hear back from him as far as any updates that I need to put up if anybody wants to contact him or be of a support if you're in South Carolina or somewhere close by. So I just wanted to give you a heads up because I know sometimes when people listen, they also go to the person's social media pages to see what we're talking about and someone brought it to my attention that the link doesn't work right now so as soon as I get that updated I will definitely edit and update this episode but for now um yeah <laughs> enjoy enjoy the information enjoy the content and if you need to reach out to him and you're not getting through uh feel free to reach out to me and I can attempt to reach him as well all right, thanks.